0: at mikecrock.com forward slash book that's mike cro forward slash book go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the what are you made of podcast on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast platform if you like watching these it's available on youtube at my channel mike c-rock Scirocco. now enjoy the show Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? with your boy, The Unstoppable, Mike Searock. I'm in the house with another gentleman who, after reading his story, and you'll hear about this, he's unstoppable too. I did see, by the way, one post he said that, you're not invincible, but I think you're unstoppable. So we'll talk more about that as we dive in. We have Jeremy Delk here today. He's a serial entrepreneur with a passion for disrupting industries. Since 2001, his businesses have earned hundreds of millions in revenue, creating hundreds of high-paying American jobs. He also was a trader At a young age, made millions, lost millions. We'll talk to more about that as well. Before we welcome Jeremy to the show, though, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for being here and supporting me, the C Rock brand, people building, all the stuff that we're into. I can't thank you enough because I can't do my mission that all people are unstoppable to live in the life of the dreams without you. And so I want to thank you for that and thank you for being here. So get ready. Put your seatbelt on, put your helmet on. Let's get ready for the show today. Jeremy, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, man. So we start to show the same way every time. So I, nobody's surprised here with the first question. What are you made
1: of? What am I made of, man? I'm a look. I'm an entrepreneur. I think at heart, and I think I've met a lot of entrepreneurs and and worked with a lot of them. And I think the DNA is a really ugly mess of you know a lot of pain, suffering, masochism, where you just kind of like love pain and punishment. But uh, I've got this inner burning desire to always since I was a kid to you know, want to do more, see more and be more. And I think I just let that determination always kind of take me through and be like that North star for me.
0: Yeah. And you use the word more and you know, I'm coached by some of the best in the world. And one of the gentlemen is uh, Richie Dolan, who has worked with the Lakers and the Heat and Formula One teams and brands and all this. And he talks about more all the time. People want more and he has an acronym.
1: And, but what does more mean to you? More what? So more experiences, more life, I think is, is for me and, and, and learning. I think learning's been probably my, one of the keys to my success is that I am always curious. And, and this, this is true for a lot of my businesses that I've exited. I always exit a business when I'm just fucking bored, right? Like when I've like figured it all out, I've taken it to that next level and gone through. And like when business is going really good and like you're just now on that steady growth trajectory, I'm out. I'm not your guy. Like I'm more of the guy of like, Bridges burning down. What do we need to kind of go through? Like that level of you know ingenuity is kind of what drives me. So for me, it's you know meeting more people, doing more deals, living more life, going on a vacation with the kid, just always trying to have as many experiences as possible in personal life and in business. And I will never get there. That's the cool part of it. I, it's it's not a it's not a destination. It's very much a journey. I'm not a never going to stop.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I agree with you. And it's all about the future. Those that are focused on the future and those are the ones that are keep living. As soon as you step back and focus on the present time or the past, then that's when you start to decline, right? And, uh, no, so I love that. So, take us back, man. I want to hear the story about trading and how you learned to trade because still a lot of people hear trading and they just shut off because it's too complicated. They don't know enough about it. I've done some studying on it. I never did day trading, but tell us how you got into that and what happened when you made the money and lost the money and how did you feel? And just take us through that.
1: Yeah. Well, you mentioned this invincible piece and this is the, I'll give you some context on what I was saying there. So, you know, I lost my dad when I was around seven. And that, I think that shaped a lot of this, you know, who I am, just to your point. You know, I think we all are shaped by childhood experiences, environment, and, and what have you. But that was probably that determination of wanting to do more. I grew up in a small town in Bar Kentucky, the bourbon capital of the world. And I just always wanted to see more. I always wanted to kind of go through. And the biggest thing in Kentucky was, you know, New York and you see Wall Street. So I always just, Admired it, thought it was cool and wanted to, uh, to go there. And that was probably my first little mental path we were talking earlier in the before we went on live. And you said you wanted to have your your folks take you to the boardwalk. For me, it was the city, right? That's where I wanted to kind of end up. And then, you know, people don't farm in New York City. They trade stocks predominantly, right? That's kind of what, uh, what it was. So I started, I was, I got about a $30,000 inheritance in Disney stock and another mutual fund that was going to be coming to me when I was 18. For my dad passing away. So I started at 17 reading Wall Street Journals, Investor Business Daily. The internet was early then. This was 97, 96, 97. So like Raging Bull, message boards and what have you. So completely self-taught. And as soon as I got 18, cashed in Disney and the mutual fund, and then just started, you know, trying to, to buy some stocks. And I was interested in the action, right? So it was way out of blue chips and into more like high volatility. This was high the tech era and the dot com era. And that's kind of where I I started. And, you know, I learned pretty quickly that, you know, trading in a bull market, and I think you can argue with this crypto world, everyone's a crypto millionaire right now. Trading in a bull market's pretty fucking easy, right? Just don't mess up too bad. You just hold on and you're on for the ride. And that gave me this really, you know, naive and unrealistic expectation of how easy it was. I remember I was on my Palm Pilot in class as a freshman in college trading and I made a, a trade of JDS Uniphase I cash out for $36,000 and that's probably what the professor was making I did that before the bell rang so for me I'm like dude what the fuck man I'm Wait a minute gonna,
0: so I, so from the start of class maybe just that day it was an increase of 36,000
1: Yeah cuz before I lost it all I was I was religious I was like day trading is that you don't take you don't take the girl home like you're there in the morning you day and you're out no matter what cut you know win or, or cut like you're you're out by that day so, I went in the position probably 9.45, 45, 10 o'clock short after the market went on a massive tear. And it was right after lunch. It was like 1.30, I was out. Um, so, in that few hour time period, I had crushed it. And I'm like, well, this is easy. Like, why would I do anything else? This is just so like it was that. And then, obviously, the world doesn't work that way. Bull markets turn and you lose discipline, you over leverage. And, you know, I learned, I learned a lot. What's funny, I had, sorry, to your point, I, you know, grew it to a couple million, burnt it, I did, did that in, just over a year, burnt it up in three and a half days, which was awesome. But it taught me a huge lesson. It taught me that you're not invincible, but you're also. And I very much agree. Like I had a choice. I was at this crossroad at this kid of like, hey, look, what's the worst that could happen? I could have went home and you know tail between the legs, and I could have had a cool story. Like, hey, I made it out of small town. I was I went to school in Providence, Rhode Island, so I made it to not quite New York, but. I made a million bucks. You know, I I did really well. I lost it, took a shot, and I missed. That wouldn't have been an awful story back home in Kentucky, but it wasn't going to be my story. Right. So it was that grit that I'm like, well, all right. After shit, you know, drowning myself in Jagermeister for a few mornings. Well, well, um,
0: before you go further, was it, were you doing like calls and puts too, or just going in and out?
1: No. So that's the thing. So this gig, after the determination kind of got me through, that's where I landed my job actually trading. Institutional like equities with Fidelity as the youngest broker in their history. And, but to do it, become a licensed broker, you had to learn all this stuff. So I had no clue, man. I was self taught to hick from Kentucky. Yeah. So afterwards, it was like looking at the playbook of like the, of the competition after you got your ass on the field. So I'm like, what's this? Like, you know, okay, there's option strategies and I don't have to be naked everywhere and I could have covered. Like if I had that playbook, dude, I don't know, I don't know where I would have been. But right, no, I was right. the straight, you know, I was either long or short the position. That, that was really it. Straight equities. And do you still trade at all now? I have. So I know I don't. Um, okay. I try to limit myself from cracks. Dude, that, that wasn't trading. That was gambling. It was what, yeah, yeah, what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, I know. And I'm an action guy and go through. So I know my, my limits. So the only stock I have, I got some money in the kids for the 529 plan. I still have Airbnb. No, I still have 23 Me stock. But you're not trading on a daily basis. Now. No, no. I, and the only reason I had that because the lockup, and then they, they went public in a SPAC. But my Airbnb investments, my twenty three and Me investments, my Uber investments are all early stage. So once it's in the public market, I'm out. Right, just uh, get me out of it. And look, I learned my lesson. It's a great story. It helped me shape. It helped me te- learn a lot of lessons. But I found that I can get a far better ROI by me being the market. Um, by like, okay, I got this idea. Let's set my own tech company. Like, let's start my own, you know, pharmacy business. Let's start my own, you know, VC firm. So that's where I've been able to make the bigger hits. I've lost, you know, eighty percent of what I've, you know, eighty percent of the deals I've done. I probably lost on the twenty percent. I fucking slayed though, right? Right, That's why. That's why it worked. Yeah.
0: So take us back there for a second when you when you lost that money and then you had Jaeger for (laughs) a while. Were you kind of celebrating in a way because it's like, yeah? Because look, let me tell you something. I know how I know how cocky people get sometimes, and especially younger people. And they made that money, and then. To say that you lost that money when you're gambling and people gamble all the time. They brag about they they lost X amount of dollars and it was a bad beat, this and that. But like what was what was going through your mind? And then also what was the like the recovery track from that?
1: Yeah, I would love to be here. Like I'm, you know, I'm a you know big guy, you know, Macho. I'm like, but yeah, I man, didn't fucking face me. Dude, I was a little bitch, man. I was like, I was crushed. Like I was literally crushed and like the world's over, right? The, it's the it's the end. I lost it all, like failure. I mean, I, I was just celebrating. How horrible I, I was! I couldn't. That's I couldn't see anything. That's all I, I saw. For me, probably the best thing, and I, 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 one of the best things for me is like I had no safety net, right? So during the time of me making all this money, I'd bought a, you know, a brand new car. I bought a, you know, I'd moved off campus my freshman somewhere and bought like a, a Mac Daddy townhome. Like I, I had all these other things. So not only right. did I not have any cash, I had no income either. So I couldn't call mom. She would give me her her back, but she couldn't save me. So I didn't have a safety net, which was the one that helped me kind of get through it. It was like, you got to kind of get over it quickly. You know, years later, retrospectively, I look at it as one of the most pivotal things and one of the best things that's ever happened to me. But in the moment, it was really bad. And I think I talk about that. I was speaking in New York a few weeks ago and I I, I share this that we've all been there. We've all been this thing that, like, for me, it was that. I've, I've had other events that, like, You know, wow! Just it's it's all over. But we've all had that, right? We've all been there. We've all had this massive loss, dude. Humans innately are resilient beings, right? We do survive. That's why we're, we're at the top of the food chain. We do have that in us innately, and it's finding it and remembering you have it. And what I do is really try to not recreate. I don't. I don't. You know, try to fail like on purpose. But I try to break everything I can to fail as quick as I possible because that's where I've always been successful in learning. So I try to get there really quick, assess, and then move on. And the more times you do that, it's like muscle memory. Like when shit happens to me, I some of my business partners will get a lawsuit or get something. They're like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, and I'll just laugh. So like, dude, what's actually wrong with you? How is this a fucking like? i oh, it's just gonna be funny. Like, what's going to be funny about this? What's gonna be funny how it works out, right? Because it's gonna work out some way, somehow. It will work. It'll work out. You may got a tweak, you got a maneuver, you may have to completely get out of the business, but you'll find a way. You just have to let yourself and most times get out of your own way to do that.
0: I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book Rocket Fuel is available for sale now at mikecrockcom forward slash book. That's mikecrockcom forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 percent. You feel like it's the end of the world when it first hits. They, I always talk about the, the closer you are to an adversity, the less hope that you see, the less t- light at the end of the tunnel, if there is any light. And you always know that. If you know that, though, and you start getting that feeling, you can like, get out of it quicker and turn problems into projects, man. Like, That's right. I'm a guy that thinks, and I believe that the, the more advanced that we get and as, as beings, I'm a spiritual guy, man, and um, I really believe that the more advanced that we are as a being that we can go to the source of the problems instead of worrying about fixing problems. Because I think the problem with man is that we develop problems, or, or we, we have problems, we some, most of the time they're self-created, we solve them, and then it just opens up the door for more problems. Whereas if you could look at the source and find out the source of the problem and then handle that, you got it made. You know. So have you experienced that? Like, have you noticed that like with, uh, with, your, with your journey
1: with entrepreneurship? Yeah. And I, and I think I agree, but it's more than entrepreneurship. It's life, right? Yeah, I think life. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's life in general. It's and what, what it is you want. So I, I, I completely agree, right? So for me, I just really try to, you know, cause and even at, I'm pretty good at it, right? Cause I've failed so many times and I've been at this long time. I'm pretty good at overcoming these things, but still I get in my own head. I still like, wow, this, this is whatever. And then you just have to be able to, like, hey, is what you're doing productive? Probably not. Right? Is, that, is it adding any like solution to it? No. And then just kind of get back into what's really, Important for you and why are you doing what you're doing? Like for me, it's for my family, it's so I have time, I want to make an impact. Like if those continue to be your North Star and you're doing it for the right reasons, that's all you need to worry about and just get out the stuff that's, that's the distractions going through. I, I'll say all the time that, you know, in life, in business, never, most of the time, even in personal life, besides like, you know, maybe a bad cancer diagnosis or something, but there's not a such, such thing as a good or a bad thing it's only an event. It's how you choose to emotionally react and you know, put effort or not effort into that event that will ultimately make it a good or bad thing. We do that. We project and react and put emotion on things that determine if it's good or bad. But we have the power to determine if it is, right? Hey, this is a worse thing or is it? It could be a warning signal that saved you from something really bad that you never even see. And if you change that mindset and that perspective, it gets you a lot further, a lot quicker. You'll probably get there anyway, but it just gets you there a lot quicker and, and most time, more uh, less pain, less collateral damage too.
0: People around you affect are affected by the way you handle things too. So, you know, one of my mentors, you know, I'm sure you know who Grant Cardone is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's one of my mentors and business partners, and and he lost his dad when he was ten. My dad didn't die yet, but I I lost the relationship with him when I was about eleven. How did that affect you from things that you've seen? you know, growing up and into that business world. But, you know, Grant went to drugs and alcohol and doing the wrong things. I I did the same thing. I, I got into fighting a lot. And then, and, you know, obviously cleaned up and straightened myself up for
1: a long time now. But what, how did that affect you? Yeah, man. Like trying to make me fucking cry. You mentioned Larry King, you're trying to get me all all the Phil, Phil
0: Donahue. Like, there you go, bro. Whatever. On the couch.
1: Lay down, Del. Lay down. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I'm actually, I've just, uh, Finish like fourth version of uh, of this manuscript. I got I've got a book I, I I'm putting out at the it should be done by Christmas. It's called Without a Plan.
0: Hey, can and, we get that by the end of August? But can I can I push you and challenge you a little bit?
1: I mean I, I can I can I can release a couple chapters. I can I could do something to. Well, I just, wanna, I just want to I just want to like I want to up level you. <laughs> so I know, it's yeah, the way, manuscript's it. done now. I just got to get all the all the pretty okay, stuff okay, going okay. through. Okay. But you know, part of that's been very therapeutic. And look, it's very much a business. You know, journey in my career and the ups and downs. And the title is very much like, just get started because you don't, no one ever has to figure it figured out and kind of just get started. But I share a ton of emotional stuff in there too about, about my past and like how I, how I was, you know, really what shaped me, but it's very similar. So I know Grant's story. And I think, you know, it took me 30, fucking, I'm 42 now, you know, 36, 37, 38 years to really come to an understanding with a lot of therapy that you know i thought that my dad dying was like the you know and it was part of that shaped me and whatever but you know that that's you know who made me but it really what that loss did i think it did two things one positively it doesn't you know it always pushes me to go forward right because the spoiler in the board i was supposed to be on the bike with him when he died which was crazy right so i blame myself as like a 7 year old for a long time like hey like he was 32 when he when he passed away so like Every year past that, I felt some guilt. Like, dude, like, I'm like on this extra time. So we've all had loss. Like, we're not promised anything. So for me, it's that determination of like, why do something tomorrow? So I, I appreciate your fucking August thing. I've done my piece. We're going through, but if, if you're going to do it, fucking do it now. Right. Cause none of us are promised tomorrow, right? With global pandemics, whatever. So that's that other, that's the first thing. The second piece too, it, it put up a lot of, you know, boundaries and things that I set in my own self just for how I attach to people. Being an entrepreneur is a lonely thing, right? You talk, you you could be losing everything and worry about payroll, but you've got 150 employees. You've got to be stoic, man. Like it's all good. You got to go through. So it's lonely in the fact that you can't rely on somebody. So you have that in business, but I also did that in my relationships as well. So I would go through and not really be vulnerable because, like, hey, man, we're friends, but like, I don't want to let you in too much because if you try and fucking leave me, I'll leave you first, right? So you don't actually ever be vulnerable. And if you're not vulnerable, you don't ever have any true real relationships. Mm-hmm. So then you go down. And then I wouldn't. So I just basically lived in a world of not feeling. So I would use, you know, I don't know that I was you know, diagnosed an alcoholic, but I definitely partied a lot and did a lot of, you know, a lot, but I did some drugs. I did, you know, I drank and all these things. And I didn't do them like, and, and someone say, Oh, you got a problem with alcohol. Nah man, like those guys are like, you know, hiding vodka bottles. I was drinking to actually let my inhibitions down to show true feeling. And be vulnerable. Same thing. Right? Same thing. Right. And like, and then you're like, fuck that's like, cause like, and then like you, you under So then you go through and now you, you know, again, tons of therapy and laying on someone else's couch, you really go through like, it's a shitty way to live. And like, as scary as it is, especially for a guy like me to be vulnerable, it's, if you can do it, it's such a better life, man. It, it really mm-hmm. is. So, so yeah, so that's too how, how, how it's affecting me, I guess. Right. It's motivated the hell in me. And I go through and, you know. Hard charging, you know, guy, but there's that other side of it too that's really, really real. Yeah, man.
0: I wrote that book back here, Rocket Fuel: Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. And I looked at it as everything that comes my way in life that I would normally think it would slow me down or stop me. If I store it in my tank instead of my trunk, where most people keep the stuff, you become unstoppable. Like it's like a formula, right? And um, so, yeah, I can relate to that, man. And I, I thank you for sharing that with me and the audience gotta remember they're here too uh, somewhere yeah. at some point. <laughs> but uh, so look man, what's the vision for the future for you right now and uh like going forward? What has got you excited right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've just had a couple, you know, really successful exits, the healthcare space. And I think it's um it's about paying it forward, right? I mean, a buddy of mine said something that's so simple, so profound like, hey, hey Jeremy, you don't value what you know because you know it and like, well, yeah, that's reasonable. And then, so now I'm doing a lot of these podcasts. I'm doing a little bit of consulting and coaching. I'm I'm looking for, and I'm basically doing that mainly for Deal Flow, right? I'm looking to try and find, you know, entrepreneurs that are in a rut, going through, and whether they need, you know, cash, they need, you know, shared services. I mean, I've got all these things in house within my firm. So I'm just really trying to help people on, and that's that's, that's a big part of why I wrote the book, right? Is like, I've been through some stuff, right? You know, dad dying, I had, you know. FBI, re- I- I've had all kinds of stuff that's happened. What? But uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's just another podcast. That's episode two. And I'm coming, I'm bringing I, you back. <laughs> and I like the teaser and <laughs> split it in. But yeah, I've had it, man. And like some fucking bad stuff. But if I can get through it, it's a you know, hillbilly kid from Kentucky. So can you. And whatever is your impossible situation, your thing that's there, you will get through it. And, and the groundbreaking idea, you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're hey, I, I think if we expand this, this product line then we did this or Oh well, the economy. What's going on with inflation? Should I hire that new person? Just do it. You don't have to have it all figured out because who does? I can give you the roadmap of my career. Is there's no? It's just a bunch of squiggly lines. And the only way I got to the other side of it was I just kept going and I just got started. So that's it. I want to help people, share my story, and and uh, hopefully have a little bit of impact.
0: Love it, man. Love it. Well, we were talking offline before this, and you know, if you're in the audience and right now and listening to this, and you and you're thinking like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have that situation. You know, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? By the way,
1: I'm on Jeremy, Jeremy Delk. S Delk on all social, and then jeremydelk.com.
0: Jeremydelk.com. You're thinking about that. You heard what he said. Go find him. Go go connect with him. But besides the audience here, Jeremy, uh, like I said, my partner and what we're doing, like this is gonna like. This is gonna light your ass up so much, and it's gonna be like you're not even gonna have to look anymore. Um, When I tell you everything that's going on with what we're doing, you're gonna be blown away, man. But uh, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing. And you know that the great thing about this show, a lot of times, is I've developed so many friends from this show because it's like we get an opportunity to really share and talk. And you know, I haven't shared my whole story with you, but like I got to hear yours, and that's you know, there's so many synergies. And man, I just I appreciate you, man.
1: No, thanks so much, brother. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, guys, you guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, The Unstoppable, Mike Searock. And of course, you're here now. Jeremy Doug is unstoppable as well. Thank you. And so are you. So are you. You're all unstoppable. You just got to realize it. You got to step into being it. So go subscribe to your favorite podcast platform to The What Are You Made Of show. If you'd like to watch these, you can go on YouTube and watch these. And in the meantime, until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikeock.com, themike searock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, com forward slash book. That's Mike. C R O C dot com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.